right, we're live and we are recording with Casey Stelkin, right? That's how you say your last name, right? Uh, yeah, but uh, you can just call me your Uncle Casey. There we go, your <laughs> Uncle Casey. All right, so we're obviously <laughs> going to talk about um, uh, your show that is uh, pretty fresh on YouTube, but uh, is probably definitely going to take off just because of the production quality. But before we get into that, I got to ask you, dude, where did the uh, like the Uncle Casey thing come from? Oh, well, uh, it's sort of like uh, when someone is uh, born a prince or a princess or whatever into a royal family, they just have that and it's not uh, anything that they can control. I'm just everyone's uncle and uh, it's something that was bestowed upon me that I, I didn't really choose. No, I, uh, <laughs> I made it up. <laughs> It, it was a, a joke years ago. So <clears throat> I'm a nurse and uh, in uh, to make it brief, I guess, uh, in the, the hospital that I work in, uh, we wear these little, it's kind of like a hands-free walkie-talkie that hangs from your your lapel that you can use to communicate with each other. It's called a vocera. And when you call somebody, it'll briefly play their name so that you know who you're calling. And Mine was always just the generic robotic voice because I never felt like recording anything. And then one night I was working third shift and I thought, I'm going to record something stupid on here to give people a laugh. And I just called myself your Uncle Casey. So that was what came through when people called me and everybody just really got a kick out of it. And people found it funny. And I don't know, for some reason, I always just when I when I started uh, registering like on Twitter years ago and stuff like that, I just kind of thought that that was funny. So I stuck with it. Interesting. All right. So it had a pretty. uh pretty uh small beginning but i mean it definitely has taken a life of its own because uh you know watching your watching your show and uh like like just the way you introduce yourself and and uh (laughs) it's so just it's so casual especially like the first episode which was uh a real nice way to really kind of bring people into it i think and a nice presentation for this kind of uh yeah, yeah. Like for this kind of a show, it was just really cool to see you there just in a robe and and you're so casual <laughs> about it and you're so serious about it, though. At the same time, you're just this is your Uncle Casey. <laughs> it's awesome, man. Yeah, I, yeah, I love man. it. Well, thank you. Yeah. You know, I it's a, uh, <clears throat> a lot of times like new new people at work, you know, they'll kind of give me the the thing where they're like, uncle, that that's kind of creepy. And I'm like, well, it's kind of supposed to be because it's supposed to be weird and funny and kind of uncomfortable. But, you know, it, it, so, yeah, it's kind of got everything that I like all mixed into one humor wise. Perfect, dude. Awesome, man. All right. So everybody listening, we're going to be talking about Terminator. Obviously, that's why he's on here. So um, uh, don't message me and be like, Hey, I thought this was supposed to be an open-ended podcast. I actually told him prior to this, if the conversation leads off into any other territory, we can gladly talk about it. But, uh, uh, from time to time, I don't mind going back to Terminator, even though the podcast is not Terminator 101 anymore. Um, I can't get, can't get rid of the love for Terminator, no matter what I do, it's going to be with me until the day I die. So I have a feeling, absolutely. I, I have a feeling that's the same for you. So uh, I guess the place I want to start this is I want to know and uh, see where it takes us. What was the, what was the introduction to Terminator for you? Like what was, because Terminator 2 is clearly your favorite. Um, was that the first film you saw out of the series or was it 
the first film or one of the sequels or what? You know, uh, when I first saw Terminator 2, um, I, I don't know if I saw the original film all the way through before that, but I, I know that I was familiar with it. I was pretty young, so it's a little bit fuzzy, but I know I was familiar with it. I know that when uh, my folks brought home Terminator 2 for us to watch, you know, I, I had a reason to be excited about it. I knew of the characters. I must have seen previews because in my mind, I, I'm pretty sure I remember when when they brought that home that I, I kind of had a rough idea of what it was and I was excited about it. I, I don't know if by then, if I had already had a few of the action figures because when we saw it, it was like the next spring after it was out and by then the toys were out and stuff. So I, I know that I was familiar with it. I think I had seen at least bits of the original movie, probably when my dad was watching it. But at that age, some of the, as intense as that first movie sometimes gets, it probably wouldn't have been quite so much my bag at the time. So I don't know if I would have watched it all the way through, but, but yeah, I was familiar with it. So um, my first time watching Terminator 2 Judgment Day, uh, it, it, it was pretty much... Um, as I lay it out in that first episode or the introductory episode of T for two, my, my brothers and I were at home while my parents had gone out to eat. They had gotten us a babysitter from down the road and to, you know, occupy us and distract us and keep the babysitters night from being a living hell. I guess they, they rented Terminator two and we watched it and, and it just, it, it just, it really, I mean, I know it, it sounds kind of, I don't know. It, it sounds a little silly or exaggerated, but in a lot of ways, it really did change my life watching that movie. Huh? Like, like that's, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's a, it's a strange thing to say that a movie can change your life. Uh, and probably even like, were you aware as you were watching it? Because if you were aware, I think that's what makes it special. Most people, myself included, were not aware at such a young age that this movie is like you said, going to change your life. So uh, do you think you were aware that you were watching something that would like just alter everything for you? And in what way did it change your life? Um, <clears throat> well, uh, as far as being aware of that at that age, um, I, I, you know, at that age, it's it's probably difficult in general just to to grasp the concept of you know the 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 length of of what life really is and how long that is and what makes that up and how how much of an impact things can have on it. But I I did definitely know at that time that that it was something special. I, I remember, um, you know, again, like in that introductory video of T for Two, it, it really was the first movie that made me cry at the end uh, <clears throat> when. Uncle Bob, you know, sends himself off with the help of Sarah and John. I I remember tearing up at that, and and I remember thinking like, "Holy shit, this is can we can can we cuss on here, Lucy?" Oh, absolutely, dude. Say all the fucks you want. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> so, yeah, I uh, I I just it, it made me tear up, and I said, "Holy shit, this is this is really something." Movies can, you know that was the first movie that I had seen that had moved me like that. And up until that moment, you know, we, we, there were a lot of movies that we love to watch and cartoons and whatever. And I just thought of it as just, you know, mindless entertainment, something that you just, you digest and you move on and it's not that big of a deal and it doesn't mean a whole lot. But 
that was my first experience watching a movie that really moved me. And I, I, that was my first experience realizing that movies can be so much more than just mindless entertainment, that they can inspire you and move you. And, and uh, so that was, that was the first big way that it changed my life was, was just by my deeper understanding of, of movies. And I, I guess maybe you could say art in general. Um, uh, some of the other ways that it, it really changed my life was later on, uh, I, I, I was interested. I, I remember like as a kid, when I was playing with, you know, different little toys that would, uh, you know, you could push different buttons and have them cycle through different little, you know, electronic uh, uh, tunes. I always liked the ones that were a little bit more fast paced and exciting. And I'm sure that that was because of how much I loved the score for Terminator 2 and, and how intense and exciting it is. And ever since I saw that movie, I, I just, I had a taste for that kind of stuff. And then of course, later in life, getting into, you know, real music, I always liked the stuff that was faster and more exciting. And then eventually over the years, I discovered heavy metal and, you know, heavy metal, of course, is, uh, there, there's a lot of similarities between heavy metal and the Terminator score. I mean, like the tanker chase when, uh, when they're careening down the highway and, and uh, the, the T-800 just gets pissed off and he's had enough and he climbs up onto the Cryoco tanker truck and just starts unloading into the T-1000. The music that's just pounding through that scene, and it's so big and deep and low. And there's so many connections there to, to heavy metal that, that uh, definitely influenced my musical taste later in life. And, you know, I mean, and, not just me, but clearly lots of other people, Terminator fans uh, were interested in similar ways because when you look up Terminator 2 uh, music covers on the internet, probably nine out of 10 of them are gonna be heavy metal renditions of the Terminator theme. It just lends itself so well to that. And you know, not just uh, the, the, the sound of the music, but thematically, too, there are so many bands that I've gotten into that I enjoy because of my taste in Terminator 2. But those those bands clearly got started because of their taste in Terminator 2. Bands like Fear Factory, so much of their music, the, the themes and the lyrics behind it have to do with technology running rampant and getting the best of us. And, and then musically, uh, a lot of their, their, especially their earlier stuff, still talking about Fear Factory, is very much uh it it really sounds like brad fidel's score had a huge influence on them you know not like they're ripping it off but like it just you can tell that there's a lot of inspiration there so you know when it comes to to music i i've just been pulled all over the place because of terminator 2 and obviously a lot of other bands have too um let's see talking about other ways that it uh changed my life um the music the story yeah you know another big way for me personally is that whole concept of no fate but what we make because i'm not i'm not religious and you know i it, it's not like i'm uh, judgmental of people who are i i come from a pretty religious family or at least my extended family not my parents so much but you know i i know a lot of very religious people i live in iowa in the midwest so you know it's it's very normal around here and i have no problem with it but me personally, I'm not very religious. And so that whole concept of no fate, but what we make is that that just really hits home to me. So that was something that it wasn't so much at the time when I was a kid, but later in life, 
um, you know, as I started to, I don't know, develop my own personal thoughts and beliefs about things, you know, they kept on kind of coming back to that. And I kept on going, wow, man, Sarah and John were really onto something there, you know? So (laughs) a lot of things like that, I guess, are ways that, uh, that I like to say that it changed my life. Okay. Yeah. Um, like we don't have to go deep into it, uh, but uh, you know, it is stuff like stuff that fascinates me and, and, uh, stuff that I really like to cover, uh, on the, on the podcast now that I can, it's, uh, talking about, you know, I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat with you. I'm not very religious, even though my family is, uh, I wouldn't say heavily religious, but you know, they're, they, uh, they definitely have a religion. Uh, like I'm, pretty much just uh i think it's defined as agnostic it's just like i'm sort of somewhere in the middle it's like i don't disbelieve but i don't believe so you know i definitely understand where you're coming from where it's it's you know what is in the present what is happening right now the choices that we make the little butterfly effect that is like that's the like like that's as much evidence as we have and that's really all we can go off of so uh when you were growing up was uh was that something that was kind of um kind of hammered down on because your family like you said is you know somewhat religious so was that something that uh like you were kind of put into the religion that they believed in or was it just sort of like eh, it's whatever no, uh, actually, I I was pretty fortunate, or what I consider to be pretty fortunate. You know, I because I I wasn't a kid that had any beliefs hammered into my head, uh, and I, I I like to think that if I were religious, that I wouldn't, uh, you know, force that onto my kids growing up. I would just tell them, here's what I think. You can decide what you want to think. But you know, since I'm not religious, I guess it's hard for me to say that. I don't know. But my parents. Uh, my dad was raised Catholic and my mom was raised Southern Baptist. And they're, from what I understand, very, very different religions. So when they got together and got married, instead of picking or choosing which church to go to and which church to put us into, they just kind of said, ah, let's just not. And so they, uh, they just kind of, and you know, we, I grew up out in the country. So um, I, I don't know if that was part of it. My dad has always been a workaholic. Um, you know, he not only had his job at work, but then he would come home and he has a shop that he, uh, to this day still repairs hydraulic jacks and does repairs for farmers in the area and stuff like that. And so, uh, you know, I don't know if it was kind of a thing where like, well, if we're not going to church every Sunday, we can have a lot more time to work on other things. I guess I never really got real deep into that with my folks as to why they just kind of quit going. But, um, it wasn't a real big deal in our house, you know, every now and then just like about any other home in the Midwest, or I guess probably in America, you kind of casually hear people mention something about God or whatever, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't really overbearing or really significant. We didn't pray before we ate or anything. Although I saw that on occasion, like when I'd go to my grandparents' house, they always did. And so I, I kind of saw some of that stuff, but it wasn't really, pounded into my head when I was younger. So I was able to just kind of figure things out on my own and decide what I thought was the most realistic and kind of go from there. Nice. I like that approach like that. Like I I honestly think that's the way to go. I mean, 
we all have our beliefs. We all have, you know, different views, but I mean, at the end of the day to try to influence someone and try to, you know, really make them follow suit is I think, uh, honestly, I think it's detrimental at the end of the day, you know, because I mean, every person's different. So even if they come from, you know, even if they're your spawn, you know, just because they're your son or daughter doesn't mean that they're going to necessarily believe with you. So it's safe to say Terminator two, that's your religion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Uh, uh, mother Mary, Sarah Connor, the, <laughs> the, the mother of the savior, you know, I guess that's, yeah, I should, uh, I should get my brother's a hell of an artist. I should get him to make up some sort of, uh, kind of like the old religious paintings, but in that theme, but in the images of like Sarah and John and stuff like that, you know, that that's a t-shirt idea. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, you know, that's part of the whole, like that's part of the whole thing with John Connor. I mean, you know, it's, it's the initials JC. So, you know, you can, you can fill in the blanks there. That's obvious. Um, And, you know, there is the whole no fate, but what we make in part two, in part one, it's really kind of left to the viewer's imagination that, okay, uh, it's, it, it seems pretty bleak. It seems like there, there is no way to change this. It just seems like yeah. there's a storm coming in and you have to deal with it. Um, yeah. So I want to ask this because we're both clearly Terminator fans. And uh, I think we can have a real interesting discussion on this. Where do you fall in line with um, where they where they took the story just just in the first two films? And then we'll kind of go off onto the other ones. But just in those first two films, the way Cameron did it, do you think that was the correct balance or do you think maybe in the first film it should have been right from the get go, you know, changing, changing your destiny? Um, You know, I. I guess I never really thought about that too much, uh, uh, whether or not they should have had a little bit more of that theme in the first film. But um, I guess without really putting a whole lot of thought into it, I I think I kind of like it the way it is. And not just because, you know, those are those movies that we love, but the, the, the concept of changing your destiny, no fate and all that popping up in the second film, that's a really... It, it's it's two small words, no fate, but it's a very big concept. And so I think that is a cool thing to just wait and introduce in the second film. Um, you know, of course, I, I mean, obviously he had the ideas of that with some of the deleted scenes that we've seen from the first film. And, and I think it is cool that he said, you know, let's not overcomplicate it. Let's keep it simple. And then when the second movie came along, you know, let's introduce to the audience a whole new idea something new and big to think about. I, I, I think I like it that way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 it does what a sequel should do and it does it successfully. It expands upon, uh, what the first film established and then it just creates an entirely new story using the same basic formula. So that's, um, you know, something that I, I, I really admire about T2 is that, you know, and that's why it's one of the greatest sequels of all time. It, 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 it's still the same as essential formula of the first film. A um, couple twists in there. But the big twist is uh, definitely when Sarah decides that, all right, you know what? Fuck this. Uh, like, this might be inevitable, but I'm going to do my damnedest to, to change that. And uh, 
it, it's just it's so hard to compete with that. So when you get into Terminator Three, Rise of the Machines, and then it goes back to it's inevitable, and that's basically the same approach they took with Dark Fate. I mean, it's it's inevitable, and I kind of understand yeah. where they're coming from. Uh, with uh, you know, I watched an interview with Cameron, and he's you know basically saying that you know the the universe is driving toward this. So no matter what you do, it, it, it's it's still going to happen because it's the natural way the universe is going towards. It, it, it just makes sense that something like this will eventually happen. Um, so do you, well, first of all, are you a fan of Dark Fate? I don't know if that's something that you've been publicly saying or not. I, you know, I, I really haven't been. And uh, I think it's, I think it's mostly it, it, probably two reasons. I haven't really even thought much about why I just kind of thought from the beginning, oh, I'm not going to be super open about it yet. And I, I think the main two reasons, if I take a moment to think about it are probably um, one, because uh, since I'm uh, such a new, my show is so new and I'm, just uh, struggling to get any kind of eyeballs on it right now. So I kind of just thought, well, if uh, since this movie seems to be almost as polarizing as The Last Jedi, uh, you know, if that's the case, then I don't want to potentially alienate anybody by, you know, having them think, oh, there's that asshole who hates the new Terminator movie, or there's the guy who thinks it's great and he, he's too dumb to realize how bad it is or whatever. You know, so that's probably a small part of it uh, that I kind of just subconscious. I didn't really think about that, but that's probably part of why I decided not to get into it. The other part is because <clears throat> it's T for two, the Terminator two show. And so that's kind of uh, I, I'm, I'm from the beginning. That was my goal was to do my very best to just stay focused on Terminator two. And of course, a little sprinkling of the original film every now and then, because you can't have Terminator two judgment day without the Terminator. And so um you know since those are my focuses my thought from the beginning was always that i didn't want to so much be a, a news source or getting too much into like uh you know posting you know about uh, the new stuff that's coming out new rumors or, or trying to be the guy who's got the the leading scoops or anything like that more so just a i guess a a nostalgia show mixed in with a, a, a little touch of uh, documentary and some education and exploration and that sort of thing. So um, those are probably the main two reasons I, I haven't gotten into it too much. But um, I guess if you want to know how I really feel about it, uh, I'll put it this way. Terminator Dark Fate was, is the first Terminator film that I've seen in close to 20 years that I was really excited to go see a second time. Um, I, uh, I guess if you'd go back and, you know, if, if I were to personally rate the Terminator films on a scale of zero to 10, uh, the Terminator from 1984 is uh, a, a good eight and a half or a nine. The, the Terminator 2 Judgment Day, for my personal tastes, is a perfect film. It's a 10 for me. Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines, although I was kind of in denial the first few years, I, I gradually realized more and more, God, I just really don't like this movie. I just kept finding more things about it I didn't like. <laughs> it became, uh, 
Oh, I don't know. I'd probably give that one maybe a five and a half or a six for effort. But, you know, that's that's being generous, I think. Uh, Terminator Salvation, the first, I guess I've never timed it out, but the first five or six minutes of that film was a 10 for me. It felt like saving Private Ryan in the year 2029. And that was what I wanted for so many years. Uh, good, my good friend Darren, who also grew up on the Terminator films, we went and saw that together. And we kept looking at each other during that first few minutes of that movie going, oh my God, this is, this is it. We're finally getting what we wanted all these years. And then pretty soon things just got so weird. And he's jumping out of that helicopter into the ocean from like, you know, 200 feet in the air and all these ridiculous things that took me out of the movie. And it, it quickly became like a, I don't know, a, a three out of 10. Terminator Genesis, uh, maybe two one and a half or two. I just, I just found so few. Salvation and Genesis, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, or I'm not saying this to be funny. I saw them each one time. I saw them in the theaters, and after that, I just didn't really feel the need. Salvation, I've been wanting to watch the opening war scene again, but I just never got around to it. Uh, anyway, then coming into Terminator Dark Fate, for me, uh, it's probably, a, I don't know, a seven and a half or something if I had to throw a number out there. I, I'm overall... I'm surprised how much I enjoyed it because on paper, if you were to just, if I were to just read the, you know, the story of the film, some of the, uh, the big twists that they make, um, I, I would not have been happy with it. I, I don't think anyway, you know, it's hard to say, but I don't think I would have liked it, but somehow just the way it was done, I, I was really happy with it. And I was surprised. I was surprised how happy I was with it. Uh, it's certainly not perfect, but um, overall, you know, I it's I've finally seen a sequel to Terminator 2 that that I, I really enjoyed. I think that's the general consensus. And, uh, you know, that's not a high bar to beat, um, which is, I think, why it's right. You know, I think it's why it's uh, this mixed bag for people. It's because it's um, we we've gotten three. I mean, you look at the franchise, there's now six films and uh, it's, it's debatable, but half of them, if not more, depending on who you talk to, half of this franchise is garbage. And uh, you, you go into dark fate and you're thinking, okay, well, it is the best sequel since T2. But again, I mean, look at what we're comparing it to. Like we're comparing it to Genesis. When you said Genesis, for some reason, this just instantly came into my mind and I just wanted to see if you knew about this, but there was like a poll that was done and I forget who did the poll exactly, but they were like polling people that were Terminator fans and uh, asking them to like, you know, rank their, their favorite Terminator films and a vast, like, like a, a pretty vast majority of these people. And I don't know if this was just clickbait. I don't like, I don't know how factual this is, but even if it's not, just the idea that someone even faked this. A lot of people put Genesis as their favorite Terminator film. And, and that can't be, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm thinking. I, like, I, I, I gotta be missing something here because, and we're not going to harp on this, but for just for a second here, I got to like get this off my chest. If anybody listens to this and took a, like took part in that poll, and you know what I'm talking about, and you voted for Genesis, 
let me know why, because, you know, there are some people that I talk to and, and they rank Genesis pretty high and, and I just don't get it. Like, I just don't understand it. It's such a, it's such a slap in the face to Terminator fans. It's such a, it's so not what Terminator is. It's the, it's the, it's the exact polar opposite. Um, and, you know, w- without going down the rabbit hole of Genesis, Dark Fate is an improvement over that big time. Uh, it's unfortunate that Skydance <laughs> seems like they're not going to be going forward with the, uh, the planned sequels just because this film, Dark Fate, looks like it's going to lose quite a bit of money. Um, yeah. Which brings me to my next point is, you know, I have my theory that this franchise needs to take a breather. Um, I think I've said elsewhere that it needs to die. I don't think it needs to die. It needs to take a breather. And, you know, we need to let technology. And I think that's why so many people are not like they just don't care about this franchise anymore. You know, we live in such a technological world now, whereas when one and two came out, life wasn't that advanced at that point. So it was really fascinating to see stuff like that. Now, take out the time travel, and there's really not much that Terminator has to offer in terms of continuing the story. So I think what needs to happen is the franchise needs to you know, take a back seat let other franchises and whatnot come out. And then in maybe like, I don't know, we'll just say 10 years, 10, 15 years, come back and reboot the thing. Like the story is told in one and two. So I think now give it a few years and let's see where technology is at that point. And then we'll have a real good understanding of, okay, is there something now we can tell with a new Terminator and call it whatever you want, but it's essentially a reboot of the entire series and not in the way Genesis did it. Do you agree with that? Or like, where do you think the franchise needs to go? Um, where the franchise needs to go. I, you know, honestly, I, uh, I'm just so damn in love with Terminator two judgment day that I haven't really thought about any other <laughs> women. So I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I've never, I've honestly never put a whole lot of thought into that. Uh, when it came to the other sequels too, I, um, you know, I, I, when they came out, I just thought, oh, cool, a new Terminator movie. I'll go check it out. I think I've always just been so happy with Terminator 2 ending the story that anything else that came out, um, I just thought, okay, I'll go see it. Hopefully I'll like it. But if I don't, eh, whatever. Um, especially after uh terminator 3 salvation and genesis i i really learned to just kind of not care and i think that maybe that's part of why i was able to enjoy dark fate so much i went into that theater not with low expectations but with no expectations i didn't watch any trailers i didn't read about anything um i just went into it just knowing it's a new terminator movie and it uh, ignores all the bad sequels and picks up after tp that's all i knew about it um aside from one or two things that I got mildly spoiled by some assholes online. But, um, you know, I, I think that was why I was able to enjoy it. And that's why I've never, I guess I'm not able to offer a great answer to your question about where I think it should go. Cause I've just, I've never really thought about that a whole lot. I'm, I, I'm every day. I'm so obsessed with, uh, 
looking for more oddball Terminator 2 merch that I've never seen before or stuff like that. I'm just so enamored with this movie that it's it, it's hard for me to give a lot of thought into what I think should come next. It's kind of um, it, it's similar for me, like with Star Wars, which I'm not as in love with with Terminator 2, but it's it's up there for me. And I've gotten to the point now where I'm just happy with my original trilogy. I don't really care what else they do. I'm just going to enjoy my three original films every now and then some cool new merch comes out for those films. Maybe I'll pick it up. Maybe I won't. And I don't really care what they do past then. I'm not going to let it get me upset or get me disappointed. And that's kind of how I feel about Terminator 2. If they ever, I mean, not with Terminator 2, but with the franchise, if they ever make another one, I'll be happy to go check it out. But if they never do, I'll be okay with it because we all know nothing will ever top those first two movies and they're going to continue to be classics. They're going to continue to have merchandise made and cool new collectibles for the rest of our lives. So yeah, I guess that's why I can't really offer a great answer to your question. I haven't thought about it. No, it's cool. It's cool. I like, I definitely understand. It's just, I was thinking that, you know, this dark fate was definitely aimed at someone uh, like yourself, who Terminator 2 is the end-all, be-all. So to go off of that hype, you know, to, to say that this is going to be the true continuation that you want from Terminator 2. And we're bringing back, not the, you know, yeah, we brought back Arnold. That's, that's whatever. That's to be expected. Um, but we're bringing back Linda Hamilton. And we'll throw James Cameron in there in a producer role. Um, so that's why I think that Dark Fate was ultimately such a letdown. It, it's a good movie on its own, but it's, it's not the true continuation. And honestly, I mean, Cameron has said it. Like, he even said it in Dark Fate interviews. Uh, you can find them. He's like, I never really gave much thought to the ideas that I tossed in the writer's room because I never thought I would do another Terminator film. I basically given up on it. Um, so uh that's the dark fate talk that i wanted to get out of the way just because you know it's current it's fresh so um that's our that's our take on where the franchise should go or uh in uh casey's um uh, way of saying that basically you know he just focuses on what is considered the all-time best and he leaves it at that so uh now let's take it over to where did the idea for doing a nostalgia show come from? Because, well, I'll save that question that I was just about to ask. So where did the idea for T, T for two come from? Well, um, <laughs> a few years back, uh, I guess quite a few years back, um, I, uh, my, my favorite release for quite a few years was the Terminator 2 Judgment Day Ultimate Edition DVD. Um, it was one of the first DVDs that I ever had, and I was blown away with the amount of bonus features on there and, and content outside of the film. And um, uh, quite a few years back, I was at a, a Half Price Books store, and I saw that they had a, a a copy of the ultimate edition DVD on clearance for three bucks. I picked it up for my brother cause I was pretty sure that he didn't have it. So for a little while I had two of that same DVD on our movie shelf along with my old VHS. And 
uh, I liked to joke around about the fact that I had I had two DVDs of Terminator 2. And then, you know, of course, eventually I got the Blu-ray. And pretty soon I thought, you know, it'd be kind of funny to have the Laserdisc sitting here, too. So I went and picked up the Laserdisc. I had that with it. Um, kind of started going from there, sort of just as a joke to... Uh, to, for my friends who love the movie as much as I do and to, to annoy my wife a little bit. Uh-huh. So uh, I just kept on picking up different, different uh, formats of the film. And then one day I was on eBay and I saw a uh, Chinese VHS of Terminator 2. And I, I, I jumped on that. It was just so different and odd. And I thought, okay, I've got to have the Chinese version too, just to really show how, how uh, obsessed I am with this movie, you know, just as a joke. And then from there, it just started to spread out. I found the German VHS and Japanese and all these different languages. Um, I now have, and I'm still, that collection is still going because I don't know how many different languages of this film were produced, how many different countries it was produced for. There's no list I've ever seen. I just, uh, occasionally I find another one. And so that collection might just have to go on until I die because I'll never know if it's complete, but I'm up to, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I've got Terminator 2 Judgment Day on VHS in, I think, 23 languages and from 26 different countries, if I remember right. And I, uh, it all just kind of started as a joke and then it became this obsession. And, uh, you know, I've been using Google Translate a lot over the last few years talking to people in different countries trying to get different versions of the VHS and I thought you know one of these days I'm gonna have to make a YouTube video and show these different VHS tapes that I have and uh, and then I thought well if I'm gonna make a YouTube video about that see this is a problem that I've always had ever since I was younger I can't just come up with a, a little fun project a little five minutes of fun and then just leave it alone and be done it just it just has to keep on growing and, and getting way blown out of proportion. And so anyway, the next thing I knew I was working on and planning a, a full blown show just about Terminator two judgment day. Cause I started, you know, thinking about all the different stuff I've collected over the years. I can make an episode about this and about that and about, you know, I could break up the, the toy line into so many different episodes because of all the oddball little things I've learned about it over the years and images of prototypes and stuff that I've collected. And uh, anyway, that's kind of what it blew up into because uh, I'm a fan on YouTube of this guy called That Junk Man. Used to be called Star Wars Junk. But anyway, he's this guy from, uh, I believe he's from Georgia? Anyway, uh, he most of his videos are just about vintage Star Wars. And he's got this kind of a charm to him with his accent and stuff. And And I thought, man, this guy has a lot of subscribers for just kind of a quickly put together little show. And there are so many Star Wars YouTube channels out there. So if this guy has this many subscribers, and from what I've seen, there are pretty much no just Terminator 2 YouTube channels that just every episode is about a different aspect of the film, from production to marketing and licensing and the different merchandise that was produced and all that kind of different stuff. Uh, So if he's able to get this many followers being one of the many Star Wars YouTube channels, if I did a really good quality Terminator YouTube channel, you know, Terminator isn't quite Star Wars, but I would think I could get somewhere with it. And anyway, that's just kind of where it all blew up from there. Interesting. Interesting, dude. And like, but like the actual title T for two, like did, like, how did you like, like, was that an accident that you stumbled across that? Or 
did you actually think about that? Like incorporating actual little cups of tea into it so that it, you know, kind of was a nice little pun. Actually, I got that from, uh, uh, unfortunately, I won't be able to get into a whole lot of details behind the name right now because I've got an episode planned about that in the future. But I'll just say that um, I got the idea from that from Ron South, who was the, oh, I, I, I can't remember his title because it's sort of a long convoluted title, but I think he was the second assistant producer on Terminator 2 Judgment Day. And um, uh, he mentioned something to me that he had, and uh, it that's sort of where this T for two thing came from. And I thought, man, that's clever stuff. I could, I, I'm going to call my show that. And so that's kind of where it, it happened. And so the implementing the T stuff was just a stupid, <laughs> I just wanted to have some kind of odd, I, I really like sort of surreal, weird humor. And so, um, you know, the, the stuff with the logos popping up onto things in that introductory episode, it was just kind of, God, you know, it, it's been so long now. I can't even remember where a lot of that came from because I, I started planning this show a little over a year ago um, and uh, working on it and kind of writing things out and, and writing, coming up with the, my brother helped me with the logo and uh I don't know, lining all that kind of stuff up. I, I started about a year ago. So um, why some of the, the, the jokes with the T the and that, I guess I don't remember exactly where they came from, just that it was something odd that I could put in there and, and uh, <laughs> get some weird reactions from people, I guess. Uh, one of my biggest goals of this show is, you know, obviously, number one, I want Terminator fans to be able to enjoy it and uh, give Terminator fans something to look forward to watching that just focuses on the obsession of this film because so many people consider this one of, if not their very favorite movie. But it, it just doesn't seem, you know, aside from like your podcast and, and a, a few of the different websites and a few of the groups on Facebook, it seems like there isn't a ton of easily accessible fan-made uh, love for the show in terms of like, you know, there's all kinds of artwork and, and music and great stuff like that. But like just a show, like your podcast, something to listen to or something to watch. Uh, it, it seems like there isn't quite as much of that out there. And so um, I want to be able to provide that in terms of a visual format, a show for people to watch. But at the same time, my, my second big goal for this show is I really want to make it so that anybody can watch it and enjoy it, that you don't have to be a Terminator fan to be able to enjoy some of the dumb humor in the show or just some of the interesting, uh, the interesting stuff that, that we're going to be getting into as the show progresses along. Like when we get talking about, uh, I guess, for example, like uh, when we get talking about when the film was released in Japan and some of the different marketing materials that were released and how Japanese culture reflects on the way that movie theaters are set up in Japan and just stuff like that that I've learned over the years that I think is really interesting regardless of Terminator 2. I want to kind of use it as an excuse to have some of those interesting little things thrown in there so that anybody can watch the show and enjoy it. I don't remember what your original question was. I apologize. I just rambled <laughs> there for about five minutes. But no, uh, no, dude. hopefully that answered something. Absolutely, man. And, and I got to say that, you know, you kind of, it seems like you had the same, um, 
like he, like he just woke up one day like sort of the same way I did where um and I didn't have plans to do anything YouTube wise you know I I was doing the YouTube thing prior to doing that where I was just doing movies and and uh I kind of found like I was hitting a wall because there's so many you know movie things on YouTube where you talk about movies and and I was thinking like you know like anybody in life you know you want to be successful at something so I was thinking like, you know, what is like, like, what is, I, I love film, but inside the world of film, what is that thing that, you know, pretty much day to day, it never ceases to exist in my mind. And of course it's Terminator. So I was like, all right, well, I'm kind of burnt out on the YouTube thing right now. So then I went on like iTunes and, and, and Google podcasts and I just typed in Terminator podcast. And really nothing popped up. I mean, I think there was a couple that popped up and they've been, you know, kind of uh, not active and they just kind of died off. And I was like, all right, so this is going to be my way in. This is going to be my way in. And originally I had no plans to try to get people on like, like the people involved in the film. That was just a natural kind of evolution. Yeah. Like that was just a natural evolution talking to, um, I have to credit his name's Ben Bateman. He uh, he kind of gave me the idea and I just ran with it and it turned into what it turned into. So what I'm getting at here is that you you also have the same kind of realization that you need to find a niche kind of thing. You need to find that that thing that. Yeah, people love movies, but what in the world of movies do people love? So similar to the guy that did the Star Wars thing you were talking about, you know, uh, Terminator is not Star Wars, but there is a huge gathering of Terminator fans that, yeah, want that, that, you know, that content, even if it's stuff we've heard before. And I'm not saying that stuff you've covered on your show, because there's actually been a few things on there I was not aware of. So, you know, if oh, it's, the, yeah, if it's the same stuff, if, if it's new stuff, it's, it's coupled with your dry sense of humor, which is spot on. You know, every single one of these videos I've seen so far is just there's a moment in every single one where I bust out laughing. So, I mean, kudos to that. Um, you know, I mean, if it's not obvious, everybody listening to this, you need to go check it out. I mean, that should just be obvious, the fact that we're talking about it. But I mean, if you need someone to say, go check it out, go check it out. Um, the link Thank is going to be. That. Yeah, dude, absolutely. I mean, you know there's so many questions, but I mean, I think the one that I said I was going to save is, um, and this is something that plagued me and I just want to see what your kind of, uh, end game is, you know, when you're doing something like a niche kind of thing, ultimately you're gonna eventually, and it, it could take years, but eventually you're going to find that you've covered everything. So do you have an end game in plan? Like, do you have a, a natural progression from T for two so that you could go into doing the same kind of format show for something else? Or is it when it's done, that's it. And I'm done. Uh, well, I, you know, I, I really, I don't have any plans to transition into anything else. I do believe it or not. I do have the final episode of T for two written out. Uh, it's not going to be for a long time, but <laughs> I just, I, my mind got onto it one day and this, 
this shit started popping into my head about how we could end it all. And uh, I started writing that out and I'm really excited about that, but, but that, that won't be for a really long time. Um, uh, I believe it or not, God, I, you know, when, when, whenever I've told people face to face, you know, Hey, here's what I'm working on. Here's what I'm Well, actually that's kind of another funny story. I didn't tell anybody what I was working on this past, um, I'm derailing the whole conversation again, I guess, but this whole past uh, year, literally the year that I've been working on this show, I didn't tell anybody about it because I just, I wanted it. I, I love surprises and I love, uh, you know, same way that I don't like watching trailers for movies that I'm already interested in going. They, they, they ruin everything and anything to me for my personal tastes and the way that I like to hear a story, anything is a spoiler. When they announced, even though it was pretty much a lie, that Edward Furlong was going to be in the new film, I thought, oh, God damn it. I wish I didn't know that because, you know, him suddenly appearing on screen, you know, this aged John Connor who's been through all this stuff would have been really cool. Obviously, that's not what happened. But uh, so uh, my my point with that is I love any kind of surprises, even if it's a small one. And so for all of my really close friends that are as obsessed with Terminator 2 as I am. I didn't want them to know about this until the first episode was on YouTube and I could just send them a link and say, Hey, I've got something for you to watch. And so I, man, I struggled the past year keeping this to myself. My wife knew about it. My brother knew about it. And uh, my mother knew about it. Cause one day I accidentally, I was talking to my brother with my mom in the car and, and I accidentally spilled the beans with her, but otherwise I kept it to myself for the past year. And um, I, uh, shit, where was I going with that? talking about the final oh oh uh so every time though since then that i've told people hey you know i guess what i've been working on you know i've got a youtube show and you know co-workers or whatever and i've sent them a link and usually a a lot of the people who i know who i work with they've kind of had the same response like so are you going to talk about other movies and i'm all to the terminator 2 show this is a show about terminator 2 and they're they always kind of look at me like how can you have an ongoing tv show about just one movie and i i've i surprised myself when i started thinking about this show and i started taking it seriously like wow this is maybe something i could really do when i started making a list of all the different episodes all the different topics that could be a maybe five to 10 minute video that's kind of my goal with this show i want to keep these videos easily digestible every episode i I don't want to get them over 10 minutes, even though the first episode talking about the rumors leading up to Terminator 2 ended up being 13 minutes. I never thought I'd have one that long and the first episode already was, but my goal is five to 10 minutes. Um, Man, there are a lot of topics is the point I'm getting at. I I was really surprised at how many episodes I'm going to be able to make just based on this movie and episodes that I really think are going to be interesting to people. Uh, You know, I, 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 I don't want it to get to where it's just kind of mundane, little odd things. And, you know, it's, it's significant topics and a lot of them. And I'm, I'm really excited to, to get it going and, and start getting a, a list of episodes out there so that people can kind of get a better idea of the, the variation of topics that there are to cover, you know, with the, the uh, two episodes, you know, not counting the introduction, the two episodes I've put out so far, you know, I think it gives a little bit of that flavor, but there's so many more just different types of things to get into that I'm really excited about getting out there. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that's cool. So you're going to 
so basically, like you said, you really don't have plans to transition. So when it comes to an end, it's that's it for for you. And then you're just going to go on to whatever else. Yeah, I guess I'll just going back. I'll, I'll go back to, uh, you know, sitting around and playing the harmonica at home and not talking to anybody. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, I have a I guess, like I had said before, I, I've got a, an end episode written out where it, the whole show is going to come to a crashing halt. And I think it's, I think it's going to be a lot of fun that that big final episode. Um, we're going to kind of build up to something that I'm, I'm really excited about. I'm just having a hard time containing myself with it because it's probably not going to be for a couple of years, but when we get there, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what people think. Hopefully by then I'll have a few eyeballs on the show and if, uh, actually have a few subscribers and some people watching so that it's worth all the work that's going to go into the ridiculously overblown final episode, but it, it's going to be fun when we get there and it's going to be fun on the way there too. Oh dude, absolutely. I mean, it, 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 what's so cool about that is that, you know, is this like a set or is this just like your house is like, or, or is this like a special location that you have to go to? Or do you just have the luxury of having this, this really like really awesome looking background just in your house. Well, um, I guess, uh, I guess uh, a magician doesn't really like to give away his tricks, but uh, you know, maybe, maybe in time I'll reveal some of that. I don't know, you know, since it's so early in the show, uh, even though it, it sounds silly for me to be secretive about such a dumb little thing, I, there are, I've got some good reasons that are going to develop as the show progresses to uh, just kind of let the leave that up to the viewers to to have fun with, I guess. Okay, okay, I got you, I got you. So if you guys want to see what I just asked and he didn't answer, if you want to see it, go subscribe and <laughs> you're going to get the answer, okay? Because now I want the answer. So you guys got to do this for me. I need this answer. What is this? Is this a set? Is this a, is this a house? Like, is this a twilight zone episode? Like what is this is going to be? Um, no, that's cool, man. I you totally know, I, understand. I'm glad that I've been able to answer most of your questions. Cause ever <laughs> since you asked me to do the show, I thought, I thought, Oh man, you know, I just started doing tea for two and there's a lot of stuff that I want to kind of keep close to the chest. I hope that I'm able to answer some things. And so far I've been able to, so that makes me feel a lot better about this. Yeah. yeah dude, I, I was yeah. afraid of letting you down. No, 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 no way. Um, let's, uh, let's kind of get, uh, like, can you talk about what's in your collection or are, are, are like, are you comfortable talking about that or do you not want to talk about that as well? Um, somewhat uh i guess again you know like me liking surprises you know i i as each episode pops up into the feeds of the of the dozen subscribers of t for two the terminator two show um i i'd like it to be kind of a a little bit of a surprise when each one pops up what we're going to be talking about even though some of them are going to be you know fairly uh i don't want to say mundane because it's going to be a lot of fun but a lot of them aren't going to be anything that no one's heard about talking about the Kenner action figure line that was produced in the, the early nineties and stuff like that. But I guess I'll say that um, I've got a lot of stuff in my collection that um, some of the stuff that interests me the most is marketing stuff when they were promoting the film and like ads from the early trade magazines that were advertising uh, VHS and um, 
the the different price points on that stuff and um stuff like that i'm really into i you know some people love to collect props from movies and i think that stuff is awesome and i love to see it but for me personally i more enjoy spending my money on those those oddball rare set items and like the the staff badges that the staff had to wear to get on set and things like that so I think that's where I'll have some interesting and a little bit more unusual things to cover in the film, in the film, on the show that uh, people might not be quite as familiar with and may not have seen quite as often. Okay. All right. That's a solid answer. I'll take it. Um, If you were to like, (laughs) if you were to guess, like just, just throwing a number out there, uh, including everything. So every single thing that has Terminator 2 on it, every single item, how many do you think you have? Just like a random number that just pops into your head, but obviously that you think would align with what is actually in your collection, just to see uh, where you where you fall in terms of uh, how insane of a collector you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, you know... Um... I, I, I will give you an answer on that. I'm just going to, I'm going to think about it a little bit so that it's, it's not completely out of my ass, but you know, I, I've got a list upstairs on my computer. I, I should, uh, it's not numbered though. So one of these days I've been meaning to count that up. I, I like to keep a list like of, uh, of the different things I have just kind of for fun to look back on where I got the item, what country it came from, what I spent on it, that kind of stuff, just because I find that interesting. So I could come up with an actual number if I went up and counted that, but, um, um, you know, and it's tough too, because I'm not so much, uh, you know, I've got some of the higher end stuff like the hot toys figures, but I don't focus on that stuff quite as much. So I don't have quite as much of the really modern stuff. I really like the stuff from 1990, 91 to, like 96 or so I, that, that really, that like I, in the introductory, the the introductory video, I kind of describe it as that golden Terminator two era when it was very fresh and new and uh, sorry, I'm rambling. Um, I guess, boy, I have to throw a number out there just randomly. I don't know. I mean, it's probably not what people would think, maybe a few hundred items, something like that. But I guess there are a lot of bins that I haven't dug through in a while. So I guess it could be a lot more than that. One of these days I'll go through and I'll count everything up and I'll give you an official number. Maybe Perfect. it's, maybe it's more than I, I guess I'm, I'm trying to be conservative with it too. Cause I don't want to come off like I'm, uh, you know, bragging or anything like that. So I'm, I'm trying to be really conservative with it, I guess. I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, and you said you were married, like, what does, like, what does your wife make of all of this? Like, is she supportive of it? Or is she kind of like, gee, I don't know what's going on with Casey over here. <laughs> like, this is kind of getting out of hand. <laughs> uh, no, you know, I, I'm pretty lucky in that regard. She, um, you know, she's not as obsessed with the movie as I am, but she's watched it quite a few times with me. And she does, she recognizes and appreciates it for what it is and for what it's done to, uh, to the history of movie making. Um, you know, it's not like one of those things where she just rolls her eyes at it and I have to watch it by myself. But um, I think she looks at this show in a big way, the same way that I do. It's, it's, it's a creative outlet for me. And, you know, I, I think that uh, she, 
she's happy for that, that I've got kind of a creative outlet. I've, uh, I've always been interested in doing creative stuff, whether it's playing music and uh, drawing or that sort of stuff. But for a long time, um, just being busy with work and stuff, I just, I haven't really, I haven't really had much of a creative outlet and I haven't really taken the time to do that. And I've always been interested in video editing and production and writing stories. And, you know, so like, kind of like how the, the episodes of this show aren't just going to be about the topic, but they're going to be written out sort of a little bit of a story interwoven throughout each episode. Um, so, you know, this is, this kind of puts all that stuff together for me, my all time favorite film. some of my favorite hobbies and interests, with the video editing and the music and the sound design and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's a big creative outlet for me and, and she supports that and she's happy for that. So uh, she, I guess she tolerates it very well. I'll say that. <laughs> ah, dude, that's so awesome, man. Like seriously, that is really, that's just so, the fact that you have a support system like that is awesome. But the fact that you, that you have assembled this and like you just said there, it was such a, such a beautiful answer that you have, you know, you know, your favorite films. So you have that going for you. you that's something that interests you. You want to kind of dabble in the video editing, kind of increase your skills there, the production, like you said, um, and you can just combine it all together. And I think that that's, you know, that's one of the beautiful things about YouTube and just uh, the day and age that we live in. And, and, and I think, you know, whether or not it gains a following or, or exceeds, you know, a hundred thousand subscribers or whatever it's, it's ultimately, I think if you do it with heart and you do it with um, just the intention that you, you have to do this because otherwise you're going to implode, uh, then the rest will fall. You know what I mean? Like the rest will fall in place and, and people will notice and people you know, I'm stealing a line from, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but La La Land, one of my favorite movies, it's, you know, people love to see other people that are passionate and, uh, mm. it's, you know, it's contagious. It's, it's something it's, you know, put on your video and then put on a video that, you know, a person made and, and you can clearly tell that that person just wants attention. They're not doing it because they are passionate about it or because this is something that's driving them. It, you know, they're just there to, to quote unquote, gain a following. And you, you, you can see right through it. I think people like you that go out of their way and, and, and I can't imagine the time frame and, you know, time spent on even a five to 10 minute episode. I mean, it's gotta be nuts. Like, there has to be multiple takes. I'd imagine, you know, uh, the most recent episode has the one where you're, you know, putting the mask on and then you uh, try to take a sip of tea. Like, I imagine that that took a couple of takes, right? Uh, you know, uh, there are a lot of things that I, I, I do multiple takes way, way more times than I should. I'm trying to get better <laughs> about not being such a perfectionist, but that one where I, I tried to drink the tea with the mask on, I think I got that in one shot. If I remember right, I was really happy with that. Now the uh, the bit where um, I, I you know I hope this this isn't ruining the joke for anybody who hasn't watched it yet and plans to after this. But the bit where I removed the mask and suddenly somehow there was a, a pipe, a smoldering pipe underneath it. Uh, 
that took a long goddamn time because <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not a smoker. I was trying to figure out how to use the pipe and, and I wanted to fill that mask with smoke. You know, I wanted it to really look like, holy shit, there's a, there's a smoldering pipe under there. And, and that, geez, that took a lot of takes. That was, that was hard and that was frustrating to do. And, and that's why, uh, you know, some of this, as much as I, I'm loving doing this, and, and like you said, it, it really is a passion project. I'm just doing this for me. I, I have ads disabled on YouTube because from what I understand, like I, again, referring back to that junk man who I, I like to watch, who does the Star Wars stuff, um, at that junk man on Twitter is his handle. Um, he, uh, I, I've talked to him once or twice and I, I told him that I was working on a show when I asked him like that YouTube ad revenue, I mean, is it, do you, do you really even get anything off of that? And he said that if I remember right, I think he said he averages maybe 50 cents or a buck per video and he gets thousands of views. And I thought, God, I'm never going to get thousands of views. So if that's all I'm going to get, then I don't want to have the audience sitting through ads just so I can get, you know, a couple of dimes to me, that's not worth it. So I have the ads disabled. So in that sense, the show is truly free, not just in the sense that it's on YouTube, but you don't have to sit through ads, or at least as far as I know, because I have the ads disabled, so you shouldn't have to see any ads. Um, so from that uh, respect, it truly is a passion project. But at the same time, you know, uh, uploading a video and just getting a, a handful of views on something that, like you said, it's it's many hours of work sometimes. Sometimes I, I overdo how... Uh, yeah, I'm too much of a perfectionist and I've been really trying to work on that. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's, that's one of the toughest things I'm, I'm learning is one of the toughest things about starting a YouTube channel is just trying to get that audience grown so that you actually have a handful of people watching your stuff, not because I'm trying to make a nickel off of it or because I need a bunch of attention, but I just want to, I want to know that this means something to somebody and if nothing else, it means something to me and I'm having a blast making it. So I'm not going to stop even if I don't get anybody watching it because I, I find it fascinating. It's fun. And the, the humor in the show, my philosophy on it is when I'm trying to put something funny into the show, if it doesn't make me laugh out loud, then it's not funny enough. And I have to either make it better or leave that joke out. So I'm having a blast making it. It's entertaining the hell out of me. Um, I've got some friends that seem to be really enjoying it. And, you know, my wife, she tolerates watching them once. So, <laughs> uh, uh, boy, once again, I, I don't remember what your question was, but uh, sorry. I, I'm excited to be on your show. You know, this it, it uh, now I know what young comedians feel like when they get invited to do Carson. Uh, I, I just hope that at the end of the show, I, I get invited to sit on the couch. I guess I don't know if any listeners will get that unless they're hardcore old school late night talk show fans, but. Oh, dude. Uh, very seriously, dude. It's it, it, it. Once I knew that you were doing it because really, I mean, you know, we've been in you know contact for, for a little while. And uh, uh, prior to me even knowing about this, um, you know, I would always see that you were uh, commenting. What's funny is uh, I guess your Facebook profile picture is you young, like, like at a young age so, uh, I always just assumed that the name Casey Stelkin was like this 15 to 16 year old person commenting on my stuff. <laughs> and, and, you know, not to say that I didn't take it seriously, 
but sure. I think you know where I'm saying, like, like I think yeah. you know where I'm going, where it's sort of like, okay, well, what does this kid know? You know what I mean? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's only after I found out that, oh, no, 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 that's just an, like, that's just, that's just an archival kind of picture. Uh, I was like blown away. And then you drop this on me and I'm like, oh, alrighty. He, yeah. I mean, even though this isn't Terminator 101 anymore, it's got to get him on here because I mean, you know, like I said, you made a you made an impact on me just by the comments you left and uh, doing this little drop of a surprise here with your show. It's like that was the that was the final thing. So, I mean, it's it's been my okay. pleasure to have you on, dude. And, um, you know, I hope that people check the show out. I hope that, uh, you know, we have years of this because uh, it just brings a smile to my face if I open my laptop after a long day of doing whatever I'm doing. And, and, uh, I see that there's a new T for two video there. I just, you know, want you to know that, you know, if nothing else, it's making my day. So, um, I'm good. Yeah, good. dude. Th that's, that's all I need from this show. I, I just to know that there are some people out there that are enjoying watching this half as much as, as I'm enjoying making it. That's, that's really all that matters to me. Yeah. It's, I mean, you're, I mean, you're doing it, so keep it up. And, um, I mean, there's so many other places, like I think that you could go with it. I mean, we'll see when it comes, you know, that time when, you know, the show might be coming to an end and, and whatnot. I think you're going to find that you, have gained a following that you're having so much fun doing this that you're you're probably not going to want to give up doing it um i mean that's what i found doing the podcast you know just because i i felt like i hit a wall in terms of uh talking about terminator you know doing mm -hmm. doing hour hour long episodes sometimes two hour long episodes talking about terminator i was like you know hopefully at the end of the day, people just like me. And if I go and talk about wine and beer, they'll, they'll find that fun. Um, so, you know, I think you're going to find that too, that, you know, people will just latch onto you and they'll want to continue watching what Casey, uncle Casey does. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right about that. There's a lot to be said about that. I, I think, you know, again, I'm very new to putting out entertainment for people, but, uh, you know, it, it's not just the content, but the the human aspect within that, you know, like with your show, uh, you know, the more episodes of Terminator 101 and then, you know, Eddie Green's 101 that I've listened to, uh, you know, it's it's a familiar voice that's on there every time. And, you know, with every episode, the audience gets to know a little bit more about your personality. And those are things that you just, you're, you're familiar with just like people that you know in your everyday life. And like that guy, I, I follow who does the, the star Wars videos. Not all of his are really topics that I'm terribly interested in, but I just like that guy. He's just kind of a charming, he's got this Southern accent. He's, he's uh, sometimes he has a hard time getting his words together. And, but it's, it's a very, he's got a certain charm to him. And so it's, it's, it's gotten to the point where it's 50% content and 50% his personality that really keeps me in there. And uh, so, yeah, I, I hope that uh, throughout the course of the episode, even though, I mean, throughout the course of the show, even though on the show, I'm, I'm playing a, a bit of a character in a way that's going to kind of develop as the show goes. It's, 
you know, of course it's obviously it, it's me underneath, but in another way, it's, it's, uh, I, I guess we'll see as the show goes and you'll see what I mean better. It's kind of hard to put into words, but it's a bit of a character that I'm playing along with my cameraman who, you know, is, is trying to do the show for me, even though we don't get along that great. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think, I really think like you just said, I think eventually that's one of the things that is going to keep people watching, even when, you know, there might be an episode that they don't care about so much for, for the people who just really dig the merchandise and the collectibles. And then we do an episode where we're talking about uh, uh, getting the licensing for the subway cross promotion. Maybe that's not as interesting to them, but they might still tune in just to see what the host and the cameraman are up to that week, you know? So like you said, I, I, I really think there's a lot to be said about that. And I hope that that has a, an impact on what people end up enjoying about T for two, the Terminator two show. Now, do you put, now do you have plans to, uh, uh, find out it, like find a way to, uh, kind of keep that same production value that you have in the edited videos and, uh, maybe from time to time do like a live show. Like, do you have plans for that or, if you get to it, you get to it or, or where do you stand in terms of live? Um, you know, I've thought about that, but very little, uh, I don't know. Um, it's a really interesting idea, but, um, right now, um, I really like having the control over, uh, the, the timing of, of the way that it's edited so that the jokes work and so that the humor lands in the right spot uh, so that I'm delivering the lines right. Um, you know, the, the music and little sound effects here and there play a big role in the show. Uh, well, or at least they're, they're going to a lot more as the show progresses. Um, so, you know, I, I have thought about, man, you know, what would that be like to do a live show? And that's really about all the thought of Oh, sorry about that buzzing. Oh, um, you're good. That's that's really about all the thought that I've given it so far. Just because I guess I've got so much on my plate so far for the episodes that I'm going to be working on, and I just I don't know what a live episode of T for Two would consist of. Um, so I'm not sure yet. That, that's a really interesting idea. I, I I guess I can't really offer a whole lot more at this point when it comes to doing live stuff. Okay. It's just, yeah, food for thought. I mean, there's, there's, uh, there's a whole world, I think, in terms of, uh, and, and, and then it's just the fun aspect of knowing that, you know, your, 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 your following is watching you in, in the moment, or maybe it could be a, I don't know, like a behind the scenes kind of live thing or a Q and a or something, you know, I mean, I find that, or I, or I think that you'll find that, there's going to be a, a time where people are going to start, like you said, uh, and, and like we've kind of been hinting at throughout this whole episode that, you know, it, it really boils down to the personality. Yes, it's it's the idea that it's Terminator, but um, if you don't have a good personality, if you don't have something that people want to keep watching, I mean, the merchandise doesn't talk for itself, so uh, you need that. So I think the live streams will be beneficial and then... Uh, going from there so i mean um look dude i mean it's been a pleasure having you on here and i want to stay in touch uh i i, I mean I, I know i'm gonna stay in touch with you and i'm excited to see the uh the journey and see where it takes you and 
And uh, once again, go check it out. I'll have uh, all the information for uh, T for Two in the description or in the show notes. So uh, if you guys are interested in that, you'll have all the information you need down there. Um, and, but yeah, and dude. It's, it's, really, it's really easy to find anywhere that T for Two is on social media, be it Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Instagram. I'm, I'm most active probably on Twitter, but it's just at T for Two Show, all one word. That's what everything is. The letter T, F-O-R, the number two show, all in one, T for Two Show. That's, if you search that, you'll find anywhere that I am you'll find me. There you go. And, uh, do it, do it now. And, uh, I'll have, do it now. come on, yes. do it. There we go. I was going to say, where's the Arnold impression? I mean, you're doing a Terminator <laughs> show. You need to have a, a solid Arnold impression. I'm tired. Okay. Give me a break. Cut me some slack. You shithead. That's pretty good, dude. Pretty good. You know, my favorite one is, uh, this is, uh, it's definitely not a good movie, but, uh, uh, it's got to be this, and, and and this might shock some people, but you know, as much as I love, I'll be back, and as much as I love, hasta la vista, baby, and get to the choppa and put that cookie down. And uh, my favorite Arnold one-liner is, "You're a fucking choir boy. You're oh, a fucking yeah, choir absolutely. boy." <laughs> absolutely, man. Uh, 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 end of days. What a movie. Y- you think you're bad? You're a fucking choir boy compared to me. A choir boy. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Man, I, what a movie. What a line. That is good stuff. Oh, man. It's, it, it blows my mind. Like, I'll watch lists of the, like, the greatest Arnold one-liners, and very rarely is you're a fucking choir boy on there. And it just it kind, it kind of blows my mind. You're right. I never thought about that. That one absolutely deserves to be on those lists. And, and you're right. I don't think it's usually on there. Yeah, I'm I'm going to help you out with that. We're going to have to start campaigning for that one to be more widely known because that that's a great line. What's your favorite one? Oh, um, you know, I guess all I can think about is just what I love about Terminator 2. And so it comes to not so much like a a classic line or like a, a funny line, but probably my favorite line from Terminator 2 Judgment Day is, I sense injuries. The data could be called pain. I, I just, I, I just love that one because there's some poetry in there, you know, about how a machine could process an injury and the, those different injuries in, in there that, that are saved and, and cataloged within that machine's data. You could refer to that data as pain. I, I, I just love that. And there's really not much of a difference between what he's saying and, and really the way, I mean, it's, it, it, it's a very human line for, for, a, for a cyborg to be saying, you know, that he's interpreting whatever this is as pain. I mean, that's what humans do. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, you pinch yourself, it hurts, and you, you realize it's painful. And what that means, I don't know. But, you know, you, like, it's a very it's a very relatable line coming from a character that has no, um, that has no real, uh, what am I trying to say? That has no real, uh, reason to say that because clearly he's clearly, he, he doesn't understand what, yeah. 
getting, you know, like shoot him in the face. He really doesn't understand what that feels like. But it's like you said, there is a poetry in there where, well, he's trying. And, uh, not, you know, not to go on to dark fate, but that was one of my favorite angles that they did where they explored, you know, him growing a conscience and people that kind of were offended by it or upset about it or didn't like that. I mean, essentially that's what Skynet and, and now Legion, if you like, if you count it as Canon, that's what they did. They became self-aware. They grew a conscience. They, they, they figured it out. So, I mean, why can't, Absolutely. you know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and like you said, a lot of people seem really upset with with that the way that that story went and you know to me he's an infiltration unit he he is supposed to do his best to blend in with the people around him and he no longer had a mission to kill anybody so i i guess i'm just going to keep on trying to blend in until i get another mission and another mission never came and so he just kept on trying to blend in and doing as good as he could about blending in and being human and infiltrating he just had no reason to I, I I really liked that. Yeah, it was really good. I, it's just, I just have an issue with, and it, it just goes back to the comedy and, uh, you know, the, like the comedy in Terminator 2 is so subtle, if there is any, you know, talking specifically about the theatrical cut. And now, of course, if you go to the special edition, now you're going to get him doing the goofy smile and shit. But, oh, shit. uh, <laughs> If you stick to the theatrical version, there's very little comedy in that film. Very little comedy. Um, yeah, yeah. I just don't think Terminator um, is something that warrants a lot of comedy. I think the best thing that happened in Dark Fate that I felt was, okay, this, this belongs here. This makes sense. It was actually funny, and I'm okay with it being funny in a Terminator film, is when she was like, I'm never going to fucking call you Carl. You know, yeah, that, yeah. that was good. That was good. And it's because it was coming from a human. So many times they're, they're, they're trying to give Arnold the, the comedy because he's a, a cyborg that's trying to learn. And it's funny because he's trying to learn. And it just doesn't work for me. It doesn't work. And now if you give it to a human, all right, I'm a little more forgiving. And that line, I died laughing when she was like, oh, I'm yeah. never going to fucking call you Carl. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was terrific. Just her disdain for those machines that tried to kill her, did kill her son, her utter disdain that she cannot get over. That's just terrific. Although, you know, there there really is a decent amount of humor in Terminator 2 that it, it was just it was done right. It wasn't at the expense of any characters like your foster parents are dead, you know, him delivering that line to John, not realizing that this isn't something that, you know, you should just deadpan say to somebody he, he doesn't know that you know so he doesn't deliver it with any sensitivity and and so that's funny without uh being a detriment to his character whereas like you were just saying in the other sequels where he's just he's acting silly in uh like in genesis and in terminator 3 uh you know my, my brother described it really well one time he explained it as like in genesis the, the terminator He's not a serious main character in the film. He's like the sidekick pet dog who's just there to be funny because he's too dumb to know any better. And that, you know, that hurts the character. You're, you're making jokes at the expense of the character 
rather than making jokes because of, you know, uh, what the character maybe just doesn't understand or, or just unwitting humor, you know, instead he's just, he's acting stupid. And all of the humor in Terminator 2, like he'll live when he blasts out the, the, the uh, Pescadero uh, security guards knees out, you know, he, he's just delivering that line. Cause he's just, he's giving information to John. He's not, he's not acting like a clown, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He'll live. It just so happens to turn out to be funny because we as humans are okay. Okay. He didn't kill him, but he kind of went, you know, to option B where, I mean, really he didn't even have to do that. He could have just taken the, but you know, he was, he was making sure that the guy was disabled or, or, or whatever. Also, I mean, I'm thinking like, uh, uh, at the end when he's like, uh, I need a vacation. Um, yeah. You know, that is, I think as, as funny as, terminator 2 gets without going over the line it's i need a vacation mm -hmm. it's like why is a you know why is a cyborg saying i need a vacation well it's because we've been on this journey and in that journey he's learned that okay you know this is some this is some fucked up shit that's happened so i need a vacation <laughs> like like i need yeah. to take a break from this um, yeah here's here's something that a human would say in this situation i'm an infiltrator unit I act like I'm human to the best of my abilities. So I'm going to say this thing that people would say, you know? Yeah. And, and you're right. That's about, that line is about as funny as it gets. If, if they went just a step over that, I think it would have been too much, but they, they, they knew where to draw the line with that movie where in the other films they said, you know, James Cameron wasn't involved. And so the people writing the, the following film said, Oh, well, the Terminator's funny in those ones. Cause he's a robot and he doesn't know any better. So Let's just have him be a dumb robot and make funny jokes. And, and they, they kind of missed the point, I think. Yeah, they really did, dude. It's, it's such a shame, too, because I, I think that there is more you can do with it. And I think that it, it, it is worthy of being a franchise. And I don't even think necessarily if you were to cut it off at two, like two films, two films isn't a franchise. Um, I think it has real potential to be a franchise. It's uh, it's just unfortunate that they got so muddled in in uh, focusing on John Connor, and that's why I loved that Dark Fate was like, fuck John Connor. I mean, you might be attached to him, and I was attached to him in T two, but dear God, because of these sequels, and they just didn't do him right. We got to do something where we try to progress this franchise and hats off to them they didn't do it in the right way but the fact that they did it that's admirable um and i think that's why they did it because they realized all right we need to get past this like like this is what's the detriment here is 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 it's always about john connor john connor this john connor that sarah connor this sarah connor that um yeah and you know for me i i i don't like having my intelligence insulted by a movie I don't like when things are too remarkably unrealistic. Obviously we're talking about science fiction movies, but you know, when it's just way too uh, hard to hard to believe and, and too silly and out there, it, when it insults my intelligence, it takes me out of the movie and, and I can't enjoy it. When you think about how advanced, I mean, this is stuff that doesn't even exist yet. It's so advanced that it's, we don't have it. It's from the future. 
coming back and trying to kill John Connor before he was born and then as a child and it, it couldn't get it done those two times. Those are pretty incredible odds that he made it. So to me, it's it's almost like adding a little bit of realism. Like they did finally get him because, I mean, he's a kid, you know, and, and these things are trying to kill him. And and it's amazing that, you know, they they escaped the first two Terminators. So I, I almost I kind of looked at it like that. It's it's just kind of realistic that they were eventually going to get him as much as it sucks, you know. Yeah, yeah. And 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 all the people saying that, you know, it, it, it renders T2 pointless. No, it doesn't. I mean, it it would have rendered like if they had any like, well, but then it would have been part of Terminator 2. But it's because of the fact that they blew up Cyberdyne from that moment on, everything changed. So, yeah, essentially, they accomplished their mission. Um, yeah. So John Connor can now die. And unfortunately, that doesn't stop anything because by doing it, they, and that's, what's so fascinating. That's what, I, that's one of the things I loved about dark fate that I don't think people have talked about. And it's something that you have to really kind of dig deep into. It's, it's, they, they solved one problem, but then they created another one. And yeah, that's like, that's poetry right there. It's almost like it's that like the human drive the human want to to fix problems, make everything perfect. And in doing so, you created another problem. Were you better off just letting it go the way it might have been? Like, like that's the stuff I think about, you know? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And, and uh, you know, th- that too is, is what uh, people get so upset about, the idea that, you know, uh, it invalidates the first two films. Well, uh the Terminator, when, when they were sitting in at Salcedo's compound and they're trying to figure out where the hell Sarah Connor went and John is talking about the no fate stuff and, and the Terminator says she intends to change the future. She did change the future in a huge way by doing what they did at Cyberdyne. And, and I mean, they, they stopped Skynet. So, you know, it doesn't invalidate those two movies because they made a huge, huge difference. And she really did save 3 billion human lives. And, and at least for quite a while, you know, she really delayed things until another company kind of did the same thing. But, you know, she, she made a huge difference. Those movies did have a, those stories did have a purpose. Mm, exactly. Um, but I think it's safe to say that you and I both don't consider dark fate canon. That's correct. Um, oh, I, I mean, in, I guess in some ways, I consider it a fun movie that I will enjoy watching again as opposed to the other sequels. But when I think about Terminator 2, you know, when I'm watching that movie uh, as it plays along, the the thoughts aren't really in my head that, okay, well, John's eventually going to get killed. So I guess, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I really consider it, maybe I loosely consider it canon, uh, but, you know, it's not really something that I'm not really going to be, I'm probably not going to be collecting any stuff from Dark Fate. I'm probably not going to be, it's, you know, uh, like for anybody else, it's not going to be for me what Terminator 2 is. And so, I don't know, I never really considered the other movies canon. I, I don't know if I, no matter how good a sequel might be, I probably wouldn't consider it canon just because it's been made so many years after the original. So it's it's really hard to 
to truly connect them. Just visually, CGI, everything looks so different. It's really hard to look at them in the same world. Exactly. Yeah, they had their chance. And, and uh, you know, then, of course, you can go to T2 3D Battle Across Time. But the reason I'm asking is because, so, essentially, you don't consider it canon. It's, it, it, it's a movie you'll enjoy watching, but it's not the true continuation. And for you unless this is something you're going to talk about in your show, what is like, what is your, what is your third film? So pretend like you have to, and you don't have to go into specific details, but just like maybe a couple sentences, where do you, where do you think the story goes after the end of T2? Do you think there is more to the story or is it just, they live a normal life and that's it? Yeah, I, I just, I kind of like it the way it is. I like it the way it ends. And I like thinking that, uh, you know, they did it. They stopped it and everything's cool. Cool. I like it, man. I, I, honestly, I, I prefer the ending of the theatrical. I don't like the 100% on the nose kind of really off looking old makeup that Sarah wore. Uh, oh, yeah. With the, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you there, too. I, I like the idea that it's open-ended, but that, you know, you can kind of assume, I guess, that, that everything is cool, I guess, is what I should have said. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you. There. I like the theatrical ending. Exactly. The the future Coda thing is, I don't know, it, it, it's, it's almost too much of a perfect uh, ending, you know? I mean, for such gritty films, it's, it's, it, 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 it's too perfect. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, you know, ending it on the highway and, and you can't beat that, you know? I mean, yeah. Yeah. There's such a, just the idea of using a highway as a visual end to your film is very telling of what you're trying to, 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 to get across to your audience that, you know, you know, we don't know what's up the, like, I don't know what's up the road when I'm driving on it. So that's basically how John and Sarah feel. And, and uh, to kind of put that in place or to kind of put the ending of the future coda in place of that sitting at a park, you know, to me, it's just, I understand why they did it. And, and uh, it's just more proof that Cameron was pretty much. All right. Story's done. Now, what am I doing? Oh, I'm doing true lies. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To me, the, the future coda ending, it's, I, I kind of put it in the same vein as Dark Fate and a lot of the great comics that were released by now comics in like the 80s and 90s and, and Dark Horse and stuff. They're fun stories that you can consider to be sort of Terminator legend stories, I guess. But, you know, for me, the story begins with the Terminator and ends with Terminator 2 Judgment Day. And everything else is just you can kind of pick and choose what you like and you don't like and you can enjoy it as a story in that same vein. But it's you know, for me, it's not what really happened, even though obviously this is all fiction. To me, what really happened is those two movies. All the other stuff is just kind of fun stories to think about every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. That's me too, man. Um, well, look, dude, I've said everything and, 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 and then the, and the conversation kept going and I thought, you know, 30 minutes ago was the end of this episode. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that just goes to show you that I'm always down to talk Terminator. You seem like you're down to talk Terminator and uh, it's a beautiful thing. And uh, whether or not it should have been a franchise, it is a franchise and we love it. So um, that's for sure. Yeah, dude, stay in touch and uh, down the road, you know, 
get you back on here, see where you are and uh, the progress that you've made. I'm definitely going to keep an eye on it and, and, and continue to check out your videos. So thank you for coming on. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. I sure appreciate this. It's been fun to chat. I look forward to doing it in the future. And, and I sure appreciate the support this early on. Dude, that, I wish I had like, like, it's just you need it. Like, you know, you need these people telling you that what you're doing is good. Keep it going because we all hit those walls and we all hit those. Ugh, is this worth it? Trust me, dude, it's worth it. Don't ever let anybody tell you like stop or don't get disheartened. Keep it going. And everybody go check out T for two, the Terminator two show on YouTube and social media. Like I said, all the stuff is in the show notes and I'll talk to you. Uh, I'll talk to you very soon, man. Thank you, Edward. It's been a pleasure. I, it's been so long since someone called me Edward. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. All right, well, dude. Edward, you have a great night. All right, man. You too. <laughs> All right. Thanks.